welcome everybody to the Magic Beans Podcast. We are back again for episode number 179. I am your Pro Tour qualified in Battle Spirit Saga host, Shorty. <laughs> <laughs> and I am joined by just one one bean on the line tonight who you can hear laughing. That is Cracker. How's it going, mate? Oh, I'm thoroughly impressed. <laughs> I managed I, to I, fit that I in stand there. in I sit in awe. <laughs> At what? I'm that, I'm, that I'm qualified for a pro tour. Mate, yeah. <laughs> yep. Chewy's status as only PT qualified player, no longer valid. No, no. Well, uh, as we will, we might get into a little bit, uh, I will actually be going to a pro tour. So, yeah, we'll no longer, not only be able to claim that he's the only one of us to qualify, but the only one who's actually played in one. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very different game. But anyway, we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, back again to talk a bit more magic and maybe some other stuff. Should be a little bit of fun. Maybe maybe we might have the mythical short podcast. Is, uh, Seems unlikely. Yeah. Well, I mean, neither of us have really been playing a ton of Magic lately, and there's not a whole lot going on from the competitive scene or, or anything else, really. So uh, we'll get into a couple of things. But before we get into any of that, we do need to shout out our sponsors. So go for it, Cracker. Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. You know them. You love them. Facebook auction page. They have wonderful lots that go up every night. Boom. Browsing a lot of the uh, win lots where you just say sold and get the card for the price that's on the tin, which is always fantastic. Great. And then there's claim lots. Pat's been putting up a bunch. I don't know if you saw that, Shorty. He's just had like like fire sales going on the last couple <laughs> yeah, of days. He's, he's just put found boxes stuff in his of cupboards stuff up. And whatever. He's, he's just like, I got to get it out of here, guys. So just like take it off my hands kind of thing. So <laughs> really, really awesome rates on like amazing cards and, you know. Uh, there was like a whole bunch of there was a Doctor Who Commander decks and all sorts of things. So, JPMTG Bazaar, go check them out. And when you win some cards, tell them what tokens you want and that the beans sent you. Very good. I think we'll actually be seeing Plunksy's token coming out pretty soon. And no, no, yeah. it, it takes a while. It's normally by the time we get around to the next Invy that we're getting yeah, those tokens. Yeah, it's usually but, a two-month delay. Yeah. But uh, I can't even remember what he actually did. Did he do a, uh, a goblin for a fable? I think he did. Which is probably a bit sad. <laughs> I mean, it's not like that card sees any play in any formats formats other than standard. So no, no, not at all. I think think it's a that was a pretty safe bet, but maybe uh, maybe not so much standard play. But yeah, anyway, go and check them out, Josh and Pat's. They do sponsor our stuff, and uh, I think I mentioned on the previous podcast I did get a, a couple of big boxes of goodies from Pat recently mm. that uh, we will be giving out on streams uh, over the next couple of weeks maybe if if it actually happens the uh the league final stream in a couple of weeks we will see yet to be confirmed fingers crossed if not a whole bunch of stuff for the envy and yeah obviously uh, there's always heaps of giveaways when we do the envy so keep an eye out for that but yeah speaking before we get into it speaking of the league finals we yeah we are hoping still to stream the top eight on the saturday the 2nd of december but it's not looking promising like it's really not man there's still just issues after issues, and what someone posted in the Discord the other day, like the LR versus Lords of Limited mm-hmm. event got cancelled because they couldn't get their direct challenges to work, and yep. just things like that. So, I mean, that's hopefully enough to give it a bit more traction and get Wizards on the case to fix it, but it puts us in an awkward situation because if we have even, you know, we're doing a, a regular top eight where it's single elimination so if if one of those matches can't be played because our players just cannot get a challenge to work well then it just stops yep. <laughs> so yep it's really awkward yeah and uh yeah just no word from wizards on when it's going to be fixed honestly this is like by far the worst state arena's ever been yeah yeah it's been pretty bad yep which yeah, is i mean I, of, I streamed on monday night and yep i finished a sealed event which we'll talk about tonight and uh it said yeah here's your prizes and then my prizes just didn't appear and I didn't have any prizes. And then I tried to get into a game a bit later and it just crashed and hung. And then when I, so I had to like alt F4 to kill arena cause I couldn't get out of anything. And then when I came back in, I had my prizes. Okay, <laughs> cool. Okay, Nice. I mean, at least, at least you got them eventually, I guess. I did. Yeah. I was, I was like, oh, at least I'm streaming. Like I can log a ticket and go, Hey, look, here's, here's the video footage of it me getting my prizes and I'm not showing yeah. up. So uh, yeah, but. Don't know. We we probably won't know until like a couple of days before the event if if we're actually going to mm-hmm. be able to go ahead and stream. If like we will probably get our players to do a bit of testing, see if it's working for them in the the few days before, and then we can make a call. I mean, even if we just get on and we stream 
three of the four like first round matches, <laughs> and then we can't get any further than there. Like we we can just sort of see how we go, but we'll do what we we'll can. figure it out. Yep, it'd be good to do something, but yeah, we may may not be able to do the the whole stream. But who knows? Wizards may come out before them with a patch that actually works, and we'll be smooth sailing. Then then it just comes down to me pushing buttons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Wizards is uh, is known for you know patching things, fixing formats, making everything better in a, yes. a timely manner. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you who does do that in a timely manner: oh, tell Battle me. Spirit Saga. <laughs> Is that because they've got 11 cards? Uh, they've got three sets in there, actually. They've got three <laughs> sets and an expansion set and a lore set and then a bunch of promo stuff. They've actually like, they've a released a, a, ton, a ton of product in, okay. in this first year, which is really cool. But uh, yeah, they did They did actually ban some cards. Like in their first year, they already banned a couple of cards. Nice. But they were super quick onto it. It was actually really, it was really well done and really well handled. It was like there was a, a month or so of players being unhappy with a certain card and so they came out and said, okay, we're going to ban this card. It's going to be banned as of this date, which was like a couple of weeks notice sort of thing. So there's uh-huh. a couple of tournaments between now and then. It'll still be legal for that. And then we're banning it as of this date. Uh, so then it affects the format for these events going forward. Uh-huh. Here's our reasonings why we're banning it. But also that they did, which Wizards has done before, they did some preemptive bannings. They went, also, we're going to ban this card and this card. They also did a limited List. So there is a card that has been put as a one-off. You can only have a one-off, which I've I've always liked the idea Ooh, of restricted. Yes, okay. but yeah, they then gave a full breakdown of like this is why we're banning these cards here, and it made the format amazing. So like hats hats off to them was was very good. Awesome. But, yeah. Anyway, as as we said, I have Tell qualified for that. a pro tour. So uh, yeah, I've been still. Uh, those who've listened to us for a while, you know, I've talked about previously playing some some battle spirits earlier in the year with Royce and and a couple other guys. Uh, I took a quick trip up to Brisbane a few weeks ago, and uh, yeah, managed to finish thirteenth in uh, in that event, which was enough to qualify me for the Battle Spirits Pro Tour. So my initial thoughts were, I'm not going to be able to go. It's in America, in Portland, Oregon, the week before Christmas. <laughs> and Perfect timing and location. Yes. So the first thing I did was, you know, look at flights, and was like, yeah, it's four grand for flights. I'm not going. That's way too mm. much. Mm. <laughs> Uh, but on closer inspection, uh, yeah, sort of figured out, okay, I can use some Qantas points and turns out there's actually also a grand open the weekend before, which is the equivalent of a GP, which is what I went and played in, in Brisbane. Uh, there's one in Atlanta the weekend before, which is in America, but it is on it's, the it's opposite n- side of the nowhere country. nowhere near Portland. No, it is not. It is a very long way. It's like a four and a half hour flight, I think. <laughs> like sure. That's how far away it is. It's further than flying to Brisbane. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a fair distance. But yeah, working out some flights, I can actually go the weekend before, go and do the Atlanta Grand Open. I'm also an Atlanta Falcons fan, so I, they are playing Ooh. a home game that weekend. Nice. So we'll hopefully be able to catch that and then fly to Portland and yeah, play in a pro tour, which is pretty exciting. Like I'm not gonna lie, Cracker. It's I'm it excited matter, for you, it man. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't matter what game it is, just the fact that of that it's like, okay, this is that next level up pro, like bigger bigger prize pool. You do well in this, you qualify for their world championship, that sort of stuff. As as soon as I sort of figured out, okay, this is what I'm gonna do with my flights, I can do it. Cat was all cool with it. Call my boss. He's all cool with it. It's just like, all right, I'm super excited. <laughs> it's now a thing, yeah. So, yeah. tell us about the PT. How big? What's the prizes? What's the? What are you going to play? What, uh, what happens between now and and when you go there to crush? <laughs> between now and then, I need to try and figure out uh, what on earth I'm going to play. I think the prize pool is like a hundred grand. I think first okay. is like. I think first is twenty five grand from from memory. Like it's and that's US. It's like it's pretty mm-hmm, good mm-hmm. for their pro tours. The uh, the grand opens the prize pools twenty five grand. I think first is ten grand US for that. So even just that is pretty good. Uh, and then yeah, the pro tour is pretty good prizing. And then yeah, the, doing decent at the pro tour leads you into worlds, which is obviously higher prizing again. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm brewing decks. The game is actually it, it's been super enjoyable. When I first got into it, I, I know I spoke to you guys about it and I've spoken about it on the podcast. You just kind of assume, like us us as, as sole Magic players, all, all we've ever played is Magic, really. You know, may have dabbled here and there with mm-hmm. random games or whatever, but we, we're Magic players. From a card game 
perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, from a TCG, CCG, whoever you want to look at, we are magic players, and it's always been, you know, magic's like Lord of the Rings. You know, it's the the grandfather of mm-hmm. everything else, effectively. Like all all games have taken something from magic, whether it's, you know, their mana systems or just concepts and, and or uh, how you play the game, whatever. There's there's always stuff that comes from magic and players always refer back to things related to magic. And, and I would imagine game designers in the background are talking about, okay, this is how they do stuff in magic. What, what can, you know, can we iterate on that and improve of on course. it and all that sort of stuff? Like it is just, it is the big game. And so we've we've just got, or well, me especially, I've I've always kind of just looked at it as like, well, why would I play another game? Like Magic's just it is the game, the game, mm-hmm. and it's super complicated. It's hard to play. It's like, yeah, I'm a Magic player. I'm I'm good at card games or whatever. And then going to the first Battle Spirits event that I went to, the launch event, it was super interesting to sit down opposite people and be like, oh, what games do you play? And it's like, I play Digimon and I play Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon and One Piece and I play a little bit of Flesh and Blood and whatever. There was very few Magic players there, but almost every single person that I spoke to played multiple games and that concept was really weird to me. And and I guess coming from an only playing Magic perspective, you're you're kind of pigeonholed into like this is how you play card games mm-hmm. and i i assumed uh, that a lot of my experience you know 25 years or whatever of playing magic i consider myself a, a decent player of you know played at decent levels and and had some some success would consider myself a decent player certainly not a not a noob i just assumed that those skills would just transfer across into a different card game <laughs> and i could mm-hmm. not be more wrong <laughs> The game is just so different, and and it's one of the things I've found is this game is much more along the lines of the other games, your Digimon's, your sure, your Yu-Gi-Ohs, your Dragon Ball Z, and One Piece, and that sort of stuff. It's and they they're just different. It's totally different to Magic, and there are concepts that transfer across. You know, like your card advantage, you know, your two for ones, and card draw is always a good thing, and and. Cards that let you loot a good, like letting you see more of your deck and all that sort of stuff. Like there's there's those overall concepts that that transfer across, but it is it is so different. And I've just been really enjoying learning something completely different that is really challenging. <laughs> like to to put it bluntly, like you go, I, I think I should be good at this game, and then you play, and it's like, oh man, I actually have no idea what I'm doing. And so. Yeah. Do you think that that's because you're trying to just um, relate everything back to magic? Like, do you think yeah. that it's actually a disadvantage in some respects? Like, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. obviously, we're talking about like- So, card evaluation was one of the things I was just about to ask you on, is like, how do your skills in magic card evaluation translate across to BSS and being able to identify synergies and those kinds of things? Because when we've played, they were very synergistic decks. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're like- yeah. It's the game's evolved a bit since you and I played, and and what we played were like starter decks, intro sort decks, of thing. yeah, yeah. So sure. it's you, you. There are now decks that are more. I've got. I'll have a bunch of decks built. We can play them over Christmas. Cool. There are decks that you would call like the equivalent of like a four color Omnath deck from Modern, where it's just okay. value piles, and um, like that are multicolored. There are. There's mill strategies. There's super aggro strategies. There's just general sort of mid range strategies. Those sorts of things. So. Knowing your archetypes and that that sort of stuff from Magic certainly help, and I think that would translate across into into other games and mm-hmm. the general card evaluation of okay, this card says draw three cards, discard two, and the cost of it is pretty low. I know that is a good card. Yeah, you know, same same in Magic. Like you know, you draw draw three, discard two. You're just seeing more of your deck. Obviously, if you're paying five mana for that in Magic, it's no good. But if you're paying three or two mana, it's fine. So mm-hmm. th- those sorts of things transfer across. What I found was a big issue was, particularly in deck building, you're, when in Magic, obviously, we have lands. <laughs> You've, yep. You're constantly factoring in your mana base and I need to have 17 lands or I need to have 28 lands. Like there's a huge difference in there and can I play more lands so that I make sure I'm hitting every single land drop but I've got ways to make the most out of those excess lands I draw. You know, I've got I've got triomes so I can cycle them, or I've got yeah, ways to discard them, or, or something like that. Yeah, things things like that, or um, like that, that. That's concepts in Magic where in um, BSS you've got no lands, 
the, you're, you're getting cores. It, it works effectively kind of like Hearthstone where you're getting an extra core every, every turn. But there are ways to ramp uh, and there's, you know, ways to get extra cores. And then so thinking about the concept, you know, magic, you go, okay, I want to go like turn one, I play a one drop, turn two, a two drop, turn three, you know, maybe two drop, one drop, whatever, like whatever your plan is for your for your deck. In this, you, you're sort of factoring in the same thing, but also your life is your mana. So your your life is represented by the cores, which are, and the cores are what you use to cast your spells. As you take damage in the game, you get those cores to then use as mana. <laughs> so wrapping your head around, okay, can I take this damage and does that benefit me because I've got more cores and, and so on? It's 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 a wild concept, man. It is. Like it's, taking it's really damage interesting. As, as mana ramp is, is, yeah, very, very cool. Yeah. Very, so, very different. Yep. I'll shock you. I'll go and draw, go and find a basic and put it into play tap. <laughs> yeah, effectively. And that's, it's, and that's it's sort of what you have to look like at. that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And it's that, that concept is so foreign to magic that, mm. yeah, often you, oh, I've found that I get, I'm, I'm thinking about things the wrong way. Uh, so in in Battle Spirits, there's there are colours, uh, and there is a a reduction system. So a creature or a spell will be it might have a cost of let's say four, but then it'll have a couple of colour symbols next to it that are how much that spell's cost can be reduced by. So if if you've got a card that is four cost and it's got two red symbols next to it, it means if you've got two red permanents, so whether that's a a nexus which is like an enchantment or a, uh, you know, another creature or whatever, you can count up to two of those and then reduce that cost. So instead of it costing four, it only costs two. And that's a really interesting dial that the, um, the card designers can use, like how expensive the card is, how much it re- can be reduced, and, and so on, as well as a whole bunch of other things. But because of that, you can actually play, like there's six colors in the game, you can play six-color decks. I've got a six-color deck sitting right next to me. I was goldfishing before we, we started recording. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have to have red mana and blue mana and green mana to actually be able to cast that. And again, from magic, that is so foreign <laughs> to, to not. It's like I'm I'm just playing a colorless deck. I mean, Chewie would be all about it with his uh, Eldrazi Tron. I'm just I'm just playing colorless. And sometimes my things get cheaper when I've got certain colors on on the battlefield. So it's interesting, and it's been a massive learning experience. I've I've been really really enjoying it, and the game is. The game is just in a really good place from a meta, from a, a brewing perspective. They had a, a grand open in Liverpool on the weekend, and there was eight different decks in the top eight. And super diverse. Like there wouldn't be more than a ten percent deck in the, in the meta games. It's yeah, it's super diverse, and you can just brew up whatever you want. So it's cool. It's it's really been fun. So how homogenous is it then? Like, uh, is there a clear best deck? I'm assuming there's no. Um formats yet yeah, it is just everything is available except for yes. the band cards you were talking about so you've yep. got like the format the game yep. however you want to call it um but is there yeah is there a best deck is there like a key strategy that seems to be doing particularly well is there a bunch of like rock paper scissors is there like yeah yeah combo so control it's, aggro it's very much a, a rock paper scissors sort of thing going on at the moment there's three sort of big decks but they're not you have to play one of these three decks, otherwise you've got no chance. It's There's three, I guess, archetypes or strategies, but there's a whole bunch of variation among those. And then there's a whole bunch of, so you, let's say you call those three decks tier one, there's like five other decks that are tier 1.5. <laughs> and you can sure. very easily tech. There, there is a lot of metagaming going on in predicting what's going to be the the most popular deck at the upcoming tournament. So going into the start of this format a few weeks ago, the, the green deck was touted as being the the biggest deck. Uh, it was going to be everyone was going to play it super strong. It's a it's a crazy ramp deck. It goes off. Chris would Chris would love it. I'll have that <laughs> built for him at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, a whole bunch of people went, okay, if, if we're expecting people to be playing this green deck, we're going to play this yellow deck that has a really good matchup against that. And so that deck got smashed that first weekend when everyone thought it was going to go good. The next weekend, it's like, okay, yellow was really popular. Well, the red deck, this certain red deck beats up on that yellow deck. So a whole bunch of people brought the red deck. That's what I brought. And that's what I did did pretty well with. It was the, the deck that I chose and, and played and brewed up myself was maybe like five to 10 cards off of the deck that won the tournament. So I you know made the right meta call and 
was pretty close to to what the what I should have been playing. So and then yeah, that sort of rotated into the next weekend and and you know the next deck wins and and so on. But it, yeah, it's mm. it's really cool. They've they've somehow they've managed to cultivate this very very good, good format. That's awesome. And who knows if they're going to be able to continue that going forward? But yeah, at the moment it is it is quite good. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the bigger the card pool, the more complicated that becomes. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's awesome that it's starting that way. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. So, man. yeah, pretty excited. So, yeah, I'll be flying off uh, Mon- Monday, uh, des- December the 7th, like 10 o'clock at night, fly out, go to go to LA, go to Atlanta, yeah, spend the weekend playing in Atlanta, do a bit of sightseeing, and then, uh, yeah, then fly over to Portland, play in Portland, and then come home. So, fingers crossed that I can... Uh, win enough to you know cover my costs. Hopefully, win enough to fund a return trip back to the states uh, and a world's invite. Because yeah, they've got their world championship. Uh, I think it's actually Australia Day weekend. So towards the end of January, I'd be super keen to to get over for that. Like, same thing, like just just being able to play in a world championship level event. You know, it's a it's a new game. It's a small game, but. You know, when I when I talk to my my boss and my um, the guys in my team, and it's like, hey, look, I'm I'm going over to the states in a couple of weeks for a pro tour. It's like, whoa, like that. Just that name has mm-hmm. some weight to it. And when you can say, you know, if I do well at that, I might qualify for a world championship. It's like, oh wow, okay, like that's massive. Doesn't doesn't matter what it is. You, you say world championship, people are excited about it. So yeah, Shorty very cool. Is playing the game and seeing the world. <laughs> <laughs> Just not the game that you're meant to be playing just, to do that. Just listen. <laughs> listen, man. You do it however you can. That's right. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's Battle Spirits. Uh, yeah, obviously, we're not going to uh, we're not gonna become a Battle Spirits podcast. Uh, we're not going to be talking about that all the time. But, well, I mean, uh, we will be if you become a world champion, mate. I, I mean, think yeah, we're maybe committed we'll at that point. <laughs> Pro Tour winner. Yep. But yeah, it's a it's a cool game. It's it's it it has been really interesting to branch out from Magic and play something different because you, know, you and I have spoken about it before, and I don't think we've made a, a secret of it. We haven't been super enjoying Magic lately over the last few months. It's not just us; it's obviously a whole whole bunch of people. Just wizards are just cramming products in like crazy, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, you know, formats are not not the best and and whatever. And so, like, I haven't even bought product like magic product for the last like four sets it's been been quite a while so kind of kind of gone off of it for a little bit and it's it's just been really cool to branch out into something else and and the reality is magic will always be the number one game for me like it is just it's the game i know it's the game i love i know so much about it about it so much (laughs) so much much memory it takes up so much space in my brain that uh, Mm -hmm. it's never going to disappear but yeah, really cool to, to branch out to something else. So if, you, if you're looking for something else to play, if you're disheartened with Magic, yeah, go to your local store and ask them if they play some Battle Spirits and, and get into that because it's it's quite a cheap game to get into as well. So That's the real reason why we've never branched outside of Magic. We just well, yeah, that's to. true. Yeah, can't afford it's a second, just... <laughs> second hobby. Correct. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, I, I am excited. We uh, are basically locked to play a Team Highlander event this yeah, start okay. of January with yep. um, Chris and Chewy. Yeah, nice. It's a team unified points list. Ooh, okay. That sounds interesting. Which, which will be fun to try and work out. So, is that you've got seven points between the team or you've got seven points each? No, no, but seven points each, but no crossover in terms of the points that he The pointed used. cards. Correct. Yeah, okay. Right. Uh, and if you have no reserve list cards now, you can have eight points. Yeah, I did hear that. That's actually- uh, I that's really like really that idea change. in- uh, Really, in, really clever. In Highland. And that's- Highlander is- it's one of those formats, you know, we, we don't talk about it that often. There is a mm-hmm. Highlander podcast that releases episodes sporadically from some guys from Melbourne. Yep. But it is kind of like how Commander started, where it is it is, it is seven-point Highlander, or the Australian one, is driven by the community. Like, there is a rules mm-hmm. committee, basically, yep. that, that decide on the points of the cards. And, and, yeah, they put into place things like the yeah, extra point if you've got no reserve list cards, which I, th- I think is a fantastic idea. Yep. Have you got any cool. idea what you're looking at playing? Oh, mate, combo. <laughs> <laughs> Which combo? There's like some five million of, combos. Yeah, some sort of combo. Hey, look, there's probably going to be an Underworld Breach in there somewhere. Yep. Or Thassa's Oracle. Yeah, is, I was going to say, there's got to be an Oracle in there somewhere. Yeah, one of those. You can not You can play both, but you can't play anything else because that's seven points. <laughs> really? <laughs> For those- Yeah. Yeah, Thassa's Oracle is like four points and Breach is wow. three, I think. So, um, yeah, they don't work well together. 
in yep. points. They do in in terms of synergy, but yeah, there's, <laughs> yes, there's, yes, they do. <laughs> there's a, there's a wild deck I was looking at. I actually proxied it up just to mess around with it. It's playing Oath of Druids. Yeah, okay. No creatures. And uh, so, you put Oath of Druids into play and then you flip your deck into your graveyard in your upkeep and then you're like, Memories Journey a couple of cards back to your library so you don't die in your draw step. And then you like, <laughs> go off. Yeah. <laughs> Basically brain freeze people out from your graveyard. What could possibly Which, go wrong? No, absolutely nothing. It seems like my kind of all in nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. The other guys know what they're looking at playing. Uh, Chris is playing Abzan Lands. <laughs> um, I'm shocked to hear that. Yep. So, so he's, his points are like Wasteland and Strip Mine Exploration. <laughs> like, yep. Well, fast Bond, yeah. So, there, there's a bunch of stuff like that. Um, and Chewie brewed up a, a Team of Tempo deck that he was enjoying with um, just a bunch of, yeah, cheap threats and, you know, efficient counters and all that sort of stuff. So Yeah, nice. Yeah, well, he played good, that not- a little while ago, so. Yep. I have seen a bit of chatter going on in the Highlander channel. And I know yeah. as a G, he came down and played the um, the thing for Pat's birthday event that yeah. Drew was meant to go to. And, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, kid, kid, and Chris. Kids got Chris and Chris got COVID. So yeah, yeah exactly. That never happened. Yeah. Mr. M's been playing a fair bit as well up in uh, Canberra. Yep. Talking about different things there, which is pretty cool. So yeah, nice. Yeah. Enjoying it. Oh, well. So that's early January? Yeah, January 6th, I think. Okay. Oh, we'll, uh, we'll have to make sure if we do. A podcast either before Christmas or one just after that we're uh, talking a bit about Highlander because yeah. yeah, it's def- definitely a few people in our community that are keen on that format. So we'll uh, we'll give you some details on what it is and yeah, what, if you want uh, to know, the jump on the channel, we'll just ping us a message. We'll let you know. I'm pretty sure it's at um, Games Portal. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, uh, we only had a couple other things on the on the docket to talk about tonight. Uh- <laughs> Let me tell me, Cracker. Are you a yes. fan of <laughs> of Ian Malcolm? <laughs> I really am. <laughs> I really, I really like. We grew up on the original Jurassic Park. Movie, yes, yes. And uh, Malcolm was just he. Wow, what can you say about Malcolm? <laughs> Malcolm? He's amazing. He's a meme, but like. It, yeah, he obviously wasn't my favourite character as a kid, but as an adult, oh man, it's, yeah, yeah. When you go back and watch it as an adult, you're it's like, pretty, yeah, this, it's it was, pretty hard. It was good. Yep. Yeah, he he kind of killed it. Um, yep. So, secret lair, Ian Malcolm, yeah. secret lair. <laughs> that, this is wild. Yeah, yeah. So there's obviously with with uh, Ixalan, they did a crossover with Jurassic Park. So there's mm-hmm. you know a bunch of different Jurassic Park cards that that we've spoken about before that all look pretty cool. And then, yeah, this week or last week, they've dropped uh, some more Secret Lair releases as they do. They're never-ending. And, uh, yeah, one of them is an Ian Malcolm crossover. I showed my wife this just before. <laughs> it's like, what on earth is that? It's the hilarious. best one has to be the Tassiger. Yes, yes. The, uh, <laughs> that's some quality artwork. <laughs> Ian, covalescent charmer. It's that. It's look, man. I don't remember him looking quite that ripped in the movie. No. I'm not going to lie. I don't. <laughs> There's some uh, some Could photoshopping that's happened in this. Yep. It's, uh, it's that uh, shirt open, lounging back kind of thing. It's it's very funny. Yeah, with the flavor text of "I'm always on the lookout for a future ex, Mrs. Malcolm." <laughs> he has some killer lines, man. Seriously, what a legend to say that to someone. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to yeah. marry you, knowing that I'm such a jerk. We'll get divorced one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, um, so yeah, we've got five cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is a token. Uh, yeah, it's chaotic, chaotic, chaotician. Mm-hmm. That's how you say that one. Which is uh, lab maniac. Uh, Malcolm's mercurial mirth, which is Tasha's hideous laughter, and then yeah, Ian Covalescent Charmer, which is Tassiger, and then Doctor Ian Malcolm, which is. I can't even read what that says. What is that? It's a really uh, small text. I'm waiting Alta for it. Palani? Al- yeah, Atla Palani Nest Tender, which I'm assuming is from current Ixalan. No, previous. No, previous one. Yep. Okay, yeah. cool. Yep. So, uh, and then an egg token. Yeah, which is what the Atla Palani makes. Yep. So, the egg dies and then you flip over creatures and you put onto the battlefield. So, yep. here's the thing, though. This feels like a real flavor fail. Because okay. Malcolm- Well, Malcolm was very anti-dinosaurs. Yes. Like, he, he, he thought they were a particularly stupid yeah, idea. He was very much, you guys are making a massive mistake. Correct. And, yep. and t- t- spoiler, 
<laughs> they were. Spo- spoiler. In case you haven't he, seen Jurassic he, Park. <laughs> look, it's been, it's, been, it's been out for 30 years now. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, sorry about that. Also, where to age ourselves. Um, yes. <laughs> but it's a nest tender. You didn't care for any of the dinosaurs out of the nest. It's, sure, he's there when one of the raptors gets born. But, like, come on. We, we could have done better. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how they go anyway. about oh, choosing knows. the- uh, Choosing the things for the secret layer, but yeah, this this most recent drop, there is uh, there is some cool art in them. I mean, we've sort of never really gotten into the secret layers. We we mention them every now and then. They, they just seem to be never ending. Yeah, this yeah, correct. Every, every now and then, I mean, we've got Tomb Raider secret layer at the moment as well, which is just completely random. But sure, yeah, every now and then you get some that are really sweet, and you go, ah, oh, I really should buy that. I, I don't know if you've seen Cracker the uh, the snow covered lands. No, oh, okay. I've seen Locust God, right? but uh, there is snow-covered lands that uh, mm. that do look very, very cool. But I mean, buying lands is just—it's <laughs> just so you like you get. It's like forty bucks for one of each basic land. Yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, it is not a cost-effective way to do it. No. Uh, if you go into the Ian Malcolm page on the contents, it says receive a one the Locust God promo card for every two hundred dollars spent in a single order. But it's okay. a Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that, is, that is cool art. Yeah, it's it's very strange looking. Yeah, does not look like a magic art. Yeah, sort of thing. I mean, that's kind of secret Les jam, right? Yes. Yeah. Have have you some of the more recent ones are like They're very weird. unreadable. Yes. <laughs> like the the psychedelic ones or whatever they're called. My yep. goodness. Yep. Yeah, anyway, so if you're yeah. if you're into Secret Lair and you're into uh, Jurassic Park or whatever, then I'm sure this is something you're excited about. Uh, mm-hmm. I will not be purchasing this as I don't purchase any of the other Secret Lair products. So uh, yeah, if you if you're into it, go for it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. For sure. All right. Uh, so the other thing I want to talk about is uh, yeah, sort of first thoughts on Ixalan. It's obviously released on Arena. Nearly two weeks ago now, uh, so we've had a bit of play, you know, a bit of standard getting played, Pioneers in, in Pioneer, etc. Uh, and I played a little bit of Limited, but uh, yeah, we thought we'd have a bit of a look at that. You've said you've been watching some streams. Mm-hmm. I have. Yeah. Have you played anything? No. No, me either. I've not played any standard or any other format other than Limited. Uh, what have you been seeing on the streams? So, uh, Aspiring Spike is a lunatic. Uh, and I enjoy all the dicks that he brews. But he's been playing a bunch of Inti, Sentinel of the Sun, which is a card you talked about. Uh, but it's one on red for a 2-2. And it says, whenever you attack, you may discard a card. When you do, put a plus one, plus one counter on target attacking creature. It gains trample end of, until end of turn. And then whenever you discard one or more cards, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card until your next end step. So, uh, the list I saw- What him- sort of shells have you been playing this in? Asmo. Oh, okay. So, yeah, right. so this is modern, obviously. Yeah, yeah, playing it yep. in modern. Yep. Um, and so, Street Wraith is a draw two because mm. you draw a card because you're discarding it from your hand, right? That's yep. the cost yep. of cycling. Yeah, so, you yeah, discard yeah, the card. Cycling is counting as discarding. Exactly. Yep. So, he's he's doing that. And then he was playing um, he's playing Ragavans. And then you got like a 3 2 trample Ragavan on turn two, which is pretty yep. great. Yep. <laughs> So, okay. so like a bunch of that, and then just um, yeah, playing Asmo with the Underworld Cookbook and the Oval Chase Daredevil combo. So you yep. just like discard Daredevil, and like it just churns through the deck. Mm. Very cool. Yeah, right. Is he having success with it? I don't know. No, I mean it's <laughs> it's it's Spike. So yes, because yeah. he's he just like he's just he good brews these decks. He's just good. Like he just yep. brews these decks and then crushes around, and people are like that deck's amazing. And then they're like, <laughs> no one else can win play with it. it. Yeah. Yep. Kind of, kind of. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, one of the ones I've seen. And then there's a, there's a lot of complaints about fixed cascade. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar. So, 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 Shorty, when we were talking a couple of weeks ago about the cards that we thought were cool for the set, I made a throwaway joke. I was like, by the way, in case vampires and merfolk and dinosaurs and like all these other things that were in the set wasn't enough, there's now an elephant in here too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Turns out that card's kind of good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, been seen to play. So, this is getting played in Pioneer. Yes. Pioneer. Is it seen playing a- modern or is it just Pioneer? Because it, no, it is- I don't I, think so. Actually, I did hear someone mention it on a podcast because it is a five mana spell. Mm-hmm. 
So actually, you know, so they were playing it in beans, beanstalk. Sure. Because yeah, it's a okay. five mana spell, so it triggers your beans, but mm-hmm. you cascade. So you play this, you discover four, you yep. hit your, <laughs> ideally hit your blood braid elf, then you cascade into your three mana, like whatever it is. Shardless agent. Shardless agent. <laughs> and then you cascade into your beans. Listen, man. Like, it's turtles seems, all the way down. Seems good. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I don't know that the beans deck needed help or a different angle. Uh, probably not, no. Uh Probably not in the, the realm of this one. But yes, Quintorius Cant is uh, a five mana Planeswalker. Uh, it's three red white for a four loyalty Planeswalker. And it's got a passive ability. Static? What do we call these? Static ability. Static ability. Whenever you yeah. cast a spell from exile, Quintorius Cant deals two damage to each opponent and you gain two life. And the relevant ability in this one is minus three, which says discover four. So discover for people that... Don't remember is the fixed, very much in air quotes, <laughs> cascade, where you reveal cards from the top of your deck until you hit a spell with a mana value equal to the discover amount, mana value equal to or less than, uh, and then you can either cast it or put it in your hand. So you can effectively draw a card. But um, <laughs> because it's on a planeswalker, in this case, this deck is playing uh, nothing that costs less than four. Except for, you know, Leyline Binding because cheats. Um, and then, like, Magma Opus and a couple of things. But, you know, the, the only spells that you can actually hit from that are clones. So, Clever Impersonator, Spark Double, and Mythos of a Luna. So, there's 11 clones that all can clone your Quintorius. So, you cast it. You minus four. You minus three. You discover four. You hit a clone. It comes in. It makes a Quintorius. But because you've cast it from exile, you drain them for two. Then you get a Quintorius. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> and if you hit the spark double, it's non-legendary. So then you get to keep your two Quintoriuses, and then the next time you do it, it's minus four. Seems good. <laughs> it's look, man. It's it's a thing that people are doing. And then there's it also trumpeting, trumpeting Carnosaur, which you yep. said is a really good card, and you saw played uh, yes, against you in the limited. Tell me about yep. that one. Yeah, so this is four red red for a seven six dinosaur with trample. Uh, but its main thing is when it enters the battlefield, it, just, it discovers five. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it just starts the chain going. You discover and you're either going to yeah hit a clone. As I think you said, you were watching mm-hmm. the stream and he just he hit how many clones? He, before hit, he-, he hit three clones. So he had four seven sixes. Yep. Yep. And the, yeah, you just keep chaining that. And then it's like, oh, yeah. now I hit a Quintorius. So now I'll just discover four. And then you're going to hit yeah. your clones again and, and keep it going. So- Interesting. Very interesting. I don't know how good it is. I think you said he struggled against- He lost super hard to control. control. Yep. Which is <laughs> yeah. not surprising. Yeah. It turns out just countering all the spells. Yeah. Yeah. When Pretty you hard can't to, to compete. play counter spells yourself, that makes it a bit awkward. Uh, I mean, I guess like this sort of thing, yeah, you could play in modern and things like that where you can play your commandeers and your elementals that don't cost- you know, that cost five and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, interesting. But, yeah, Discover is not fixed. It's not fixed. No, no, not even a little bit. And we talked about this at the time. I was like, any blink effect, any reanimation effects. Yep. Like, in any way to just get- It's it's a lot easier. Well, not a lot easier. Kind of. The fact that it's not cast means you, there are a bunch of different ways that you can abuse it. Yeah, like, it, it's it's got a downside in that Cascade is a cast trigger. So, whether you counter their spell or not- Mm-hmm. It still happens, but generally mm-hmm. you can counter or deal with whatever it is that they're cascading. Um, you know, if if you were going to counter or deal with the first thing that they were casting, this is enters the battlefield, so it has to resolve. So there's that. Okay, that's yep. a, a a small difference. But then the positives of this or the benefits of this, you like you said, you can blink the creature or the permanent or whatever it is. You can reanimate it. You can put it into play through some other means. It's mm-hmm. just when it enters the battlefield, it triggers. But then it's also the one of the big downsides of Cascade is you can't play any other spells because if you hit something that you don't want, you cast and it's like, oh, well, I hit a counter spell. Well, that's useless or mm-hmm. whatever. Whereas this, you don't have to cast a spell. <laughs> like like you said, yeah. you can just, just, just put, put it, it in your hand. hand. Yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> cool. So, yeah, I've cast this creature and I've just filtered through my deck to find what I'm looking for. And and 
that can be a huge benefit when you are talking combo decks where you go, all right, I'm going to fill my deck with, like I'm going to play Quintorius, so I'm discovering four. I'm going to fill my deck with things that cost four, except for one card that costs less than that, but it is a card like a combo piece that I want in my hand. Mm-hmm. And so you can then find that as as part of sort of discovering. Or Yeah, just interesting. The- yeah, there used to be a sideboard juke uh, many years ago <laughs> when when Affinity was a deck in modern. Yep. Sometimes Living End would play Kataki, the yes. War's Wage, in the sideboard, yep. and you would actually, like, violent outburst <laughs> into a Kataki <laughs> instead of into a Living End. Yeah. Look, I'm not saying that was ever good, but people still do it now. Like, in Rhinos and things, sometimes people will cascade into, you know, these silver bullets, which is, uh, you know- a way that you can kind of bait and switch, I guess. You know, it's the whole, what are they going to do? It's like the um, the other deck we've seen this happen a lot in is creativity in Pioneer. When yeah, people yep. used to go from World Spine Xenagos to Holebreaker Horror, right? Yep. To like, you, you, are you a combo deck? Are you a control deck? And like, then there's that kind of back and forth mind game thing that we saw Reduke do it. Is that a PT? Or- uh, yeah, yeah, it was it a PT was, that he won. Yep. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. He spoiled my deck. I was all set to play that deck. Yeah. It was my pet deck. I was going to play it, it the next weekend or whatever. And then he went and won the PT and all of a sudden everyone knew all about the it Duke, and how the deck the worked. Duke was up. Yep. 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 Thanks, Reed Duke. Jerk. <laughs> With really great Actually, hair. you seem like a really nice man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if by some- uh, yeah, yeah, he doesn't listen to the podcast. Yeah, that's no, fine. No, he's never, gonna, never ever going to hear it. Yeah, that's fine. We can say whatever we want. I mean, we can, we can do that about just about everyone. That's, that's fine. That's yep. true. That- Ty's bloke, unbelievable. (laughs) No, he definitely will listen. (laughs) Uh, So, another card I've heard is seeing quite a bit of play is Tashana's Tidebinder. If you've Mm. seen this one kicking Mm -hmm. around in in modern as well. Yep. Two and a blue for a 3-2 Merfolk Wizard with Flash. When it enters the battlefield, counter up to one target activated or triggered ability. If an ability of an artifact creature or planeswalker is countered this way, that permanent loses all abilities for as long as Tashana's Tidebinder remains on the battlefield. So the losing all abilities takes all text away from the card. Mm-hmm. So I've been hearing of people like putting this in on amulets, like am- Amulet of Vigors, uh, flashing it in with um, Urza's Sagas and, and different things like that and just countering whatever ability it is that's that's triggering or that they're trying to activate and then removing all the text from from the card. So it's a merfolk. You know, merfolk has been a deck in modern for a very long time and it's slowly been getting more and it's more, actually and more been getting good. strong pieces. Yep. Yeah. I know Javier Dominguez has been saying for quite a while that he thinks it's really good. And, uh, yeah, a piece like this is even better. It is also a wizard, which does count for certain things. I think there's actually a card from this set that, if you've got, if you control a wizard, you get to choose two of something. Like it's a, a charm or a command type spell, where it's like choose one of these. But if you control a wizard, you get to choose two. Okay. So um, yeah, interesting to see. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, long term, if it'll be good enough. But stifle effects uh, can be quite powerful, and when you tack them onto a three-two that has tribal synergies, whether it's merfolk or wizards, it's yeah, uh, a recipe for a, a solid card. Yeah, it won't stay 3-2 very long. There's a lot of lords running around in the fish deck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. So, yeah, Ixalan's weird. I don't know what effect it's having on standard. I don't think anyone's playing standard really at the moment other than the people playing in our league. Uh, And I think probably the majority of them are still just playing the same decks that they've been playing previously. I'm assuming that standard is not seeing a huge shake-up, but we'll find that out when we do our, uh, our league finals. But I did play a bit of limited... This week, I haven't played limited mm. in ages, other than the random times we've cubed. Mm-hmm. I haven't done a draft on arena. I haven't done a sealed. I haven't been a pre-releases for ages. So I've just have not played limited. We spoke about the limited archetypes on the last podcast. That did not help me at all. But I thought, <laughs> good. good. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, I was due to do my Monday stream. It's like I don't, I don't really want to craft a bunch of cards and play some standard in a format I'm not really that interested in. I'll play some limited. I'll do, I'll do a sealed. I haven't done a sealed in ages. That'll be fun. So, cracked my sealed pool, built a regular sealed deck. I think I was playing white-black that looked fine to me mm. and very promptly went 0-3. Mm. No, it okay. wasn't even close. Didn't even have any close games. It was horrible. 
Went, okay, that's that sucked. All right, well, how about I try a draft? Maybe I just had a bad seal pull. I'll try a draft. So I drafted, ended up drafting black-white again. Uh, we're splashing a little bit of green. Got some, like, actual bombs. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, cool. The draft deck looks looks pretty good. Very swift 03. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. It was not a fun night. But what I realized, like, and I noticed it in the sealed, and then it was even more evident in the draft, this format just seems to be super synergy value driven. What I what I noticed very quickly was I was just playing a regular limited deck. You know, a few little synergies, some some strong cards here or there, nothing over the top. And what my opponents were playing were standard decks. <laughs> mm. Standard power levels where there's just a bunch of things that synergize together and and are really strong and and generate so much value. I got, you know, we were just talking about the cards. I got, a, I had an opponent play a trumpeting carnosaur, hit a four mana card off of that, hit a three mana card off of that, which was the uh, what do we say? It was the Tinkerer's Tote. So that mm-hmm. put in two, like it's an artifact itself, and it put into play two one one artifact tokens, like. It was just six mana to put six permanents on the battlefield or five permanents on the battlefield and just a whole bunch of power and toughness. And I'm over here, like, casting, like, four mana, three twos that I've got to discard a card to have some sort of effect. And it was just like, we're just, we're just playing different games here. And, and that, that was just my experience for every single match. They just did not feel close. One thing I didn't twig, and I don't know if you noticed when we we're sort of going through spoilers, but... There's a lot of, like with the craft with, craft with artifact or craft artifact, mm-hmm. whatever the, the term yep. is, there's heaps of spell-like effects that are put onto permanent, so put onto artifacts. So you cast it as an artifact and it has a spell effect, but it sticks around as an artifact. And so there's there just seems to be a lot of things that are tap an artifact, sack an artifact, sack a permanent, whatever, that are, are like kicking around this format. And so sure. you just... Just, just a lot const- of material to yeah, have you're just constantly to. adding to the board. It's okay. This comes in with a map token, and this thing comes in with two map tokens, and this thing generates creature tokens, and and the board states were just ridiculous. <laughs> it's like there is just so many things going on, and my small brain that is out of practice of playing uh, limited magic, it just could not handle it. <laughs> so I don't know how you go as a new player trying to get into these limited formats, but yeah, my my impressions was. If you can figure out this format and you know the synergies and you can figure out what's what goes with what, how to build those strong decks, you probably do really well. But if you're like me where you play stuff all limited, you're not going to have much fun. So do you think it was that you were playing limited from five years ago? Yeah. Like I think my, my concept of building a limited deck mm-hmm. is not modern magic limited. And, and I don't know if the last couple of sets have been like that as well or sure. if it's if it's just this set or if it's more pronounced with this set, maybe that's just the way magic is these days. But yeah, it was I'm building a traditional limited deck with good cards and my opponents were building standard decks in, in limited. And it was not an enjoy- <laughs> not an enjoyable mm. experience at all. But I'm sure like I said, I'm sure if you know the format and you can figure it out and you learn those synergies, it would likely be quite a good format. So I've seen plenty of people talking in our limited channel and, and having a lot of fun with it. But I was not one of those people. There you go. I might hold on to the uh, draft token I've got. <laughs> yeah. <there> for- <laughs> it's, been, it's been chilling there for a minute every time I- Yeah, I've got, I've got four of them arena. sitting there. Yeah, so yeah. It's just <laughs> like, I might as well use one of those. Yeah, um, Chewy, Chewy did say, like, obviously, Chewy's not on tonight. He did say he doesn't love this limited format either, but he can't put his finger on why. Uh, so, whether or not he's, you know, if he might be listening to this podcast tomorrow and go, ah, yeah, that's what it is. Like, that's why I don't like it. Or he may have some other idea of why he doesn't like it either, but- Hmm. Yeah, he's Chewy tends to play quite a lot of limited, and uh, yeah, was not a, a huge fan of this either. But yeah, that's Ixalan. I guess we'll get into some standard and whatever from here. But I don't know. I don't, I don't really know how this uh, how this format's going. There's lots of strong cards, lots of cards doing a lot of things, which I think is just how magic is these days. So that's kind of it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It'd be nice to have a reason to care at the moment but i kind of don't for <laughs> standard so if if it looks like we are, are going to get to play or we commentate on some standard I, I promise 
I will spend a bunch of time <laughs> learning what the decks are and do what your the homework. cards do. Yeah, I'll do yeah. my homework. I mean, to be honest, you're probably just going to be commentating on the decks we've been watching for the last year, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah. probably. Just minus Fable. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all good. All right. Well, that was kind of all we had to go through tonight. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just a bit of a bit of a random podcast, a few little, little random topics to talk about, but... Uh, it's always good to catch up and, and talk about magic or, or Battle Spirit Saga. So hopefully you've enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, that's going to do us for tonight. So yeah, usual wrap up. As we said, we are aiming to stream the league finals on the 2nd of December, but we will see where we're at with that. Hopefully it goes ahead. And if we do, yeah, make sure you come and hang out. We will have a bunch of stuff to give away. So it is always a lot of fun. Uh, it's likely going to be uh, Chewy and Cracker doing the bulk of the commentary. So I think that's a good thing. Oh keep, boy. keep me off camera because uh, I will be pushing buttons the whole day as Chris will not be there. And we'll uh, we'll have Matty P in the background, of, as always, helping out. So, yeah, should be a bit of fun. But, uh, yeah, if you want to get in on any of the future stuff that we do, the best place for that is in our Discord. Uh, come and hang out, us, hang, hang out with us there and talk to our awesome people about the Ixalan Limited format or if you want to find out about Highlander or there is a Battle Spirit Saga channel. So come and have a chat with us in there. Uh, yeah, the link for that is in the show notes. There's also the link for the merch store if you want to grab some Magic Beans gear and uh, wear that. I think I think there's even singlets. So if you want to get some sweet Magic Beans singlets for the, the summer period that's coming up, you can get those. So get out on the beach with some Magic Beans and look cool, I guess. Look amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, go and check out Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They do sponsor us and give us all the prizes and stuff that we get to give to you fine folks. So just go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au and check out the daily auctions. If you want to find us anywhere, go to magicbeanscast.com and you'll find the links for us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. If you'd like to find me on Twitter, I'm at PSync and you are Cracker. At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that is going to do us for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you all next time.